Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, hi, and welcome. I am your host, Emigan Awardner, and in my nearly 20-year career as a beauty and health writer, I have interviewed a lot of people, supermodels, entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, and doctors, and many of these conversations had a real impact on me, and I'd come away feeling inspired, excited, informed, and really empowered, and at the back of my mind, I'd always think, I wish I could just publish the tape so people could really feel that conversation. Well, on this podcast, you get to feel the conversation. I talk with experts, guests, and a few friends who I hope will inspire, inform, and empower you, and maybe also challenge you, whether you're looking for self-help, self-improvement, beauty advice, health insights, business know-how, or just some good old-fashioned life advice and a bit of a laugh. It's all here. Welcome to the show. My guest in this episode is Alison Young, who makes a very welcome return to the show for a conversation that comes back to the most important person in the beauty industry. That's you, the customer. Alison is an independent qualified beauty expert and consultant who many of you may know from her years as the face of beauty on QVC. Her career started out in the, to quote her, closed doors, no clothes world of beauty therapy. And whatever her role, whether she's hosting brands on TV or sitting in their boardrooms talking about new products or filming video tutorials for her YouTube channel. She comes back to the same thing time and time again, the customer. Alison has compiled what I suspect will be her first book because there's so much more she has to say, which aims to give the reader access to and information about the beauty regime that will suit them based on their needs, their wants and their own unique situation. The Beauty Insider, the the book, is thorough, endlessly helpful and just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the breadth of Alison's knowledge, trust me. What really comes through though in this conversation and in the book and what I learned from working with Ali over the years and becoming her friend is the compassion and the empathy she has for her followers, her readers, her viewers and her listeners and how she considers them above everything else and she's uncompromising about that. In this episode, Alison and I discuss why the customer always comes first, why people in the public eye who have cosmetic treatments and don't declare it set a very unrealistic expectation for what beauty products can actually do, why she hasn't had any cosmetic procedures herself because she doesn't want anything to skew the effects and therefore how good a a product actually is. She doesn't want to not get the the full result because of something that she's done via a a cosmetic treatment or something that is uh, invasive or non-invasive. How a shift in how we spoke about beauty a few years ago has allowed much more good information to get out into the world, but sadly has also opened the doors to some bad information. How beauty identities, for example, being someone who uses clean beauty, allows you to be marketed to better, but doesn't necessarily actually mean you're getting better skincare. Why what works for someone else won't necessarily work for you. 
why the biggest mistake a brand can make is forgetting about the customer and much, much more. And also just some really wonderful tales about many of the customers she's met over the years. And you will know this, you will notice this too, listeners, how she remembers their names even years, years later. Everything that we discuss will be linked in the show notes. And obviously the link to the book, The Beauty Insider, will be in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. And of course, you'll also find the links to everything that Alison does there, including her YouTube channel, which features many, many free free tutorials, free tutorials. So don't hesitate to go across there. But for now, please do join me in welcoming back the brilliant Alison Young onto The Emma Gunn Show. Welcome back to the podcast, Alison Young. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Lovely to be here, Emma. It's always a pleasure to chat to you and I'm chatting to you this time. So you've been on the show before where we've really taken a deep dive into your career in beauty and now you have this incredible book out, The Beauty Insider. And I mean, I honestly thought it would be a bigger book or a volume, you know, like those old door-to-door encyclopedias that you'd get because... I have to say, I'm impressed that you've got it into one book. Yeah. Was it a task? Yeah, but the problem is I didn't get it into one book. I think I got to page 380 or something, and Joe actually said to me, stop, that's enough. You. So there are sections and whole sections that aren't in there, um, but there was as much as I could get in there of what I know people keep constantly asking. And, I, and what I know customers, clients, followers, viewers are confused with, Emma. You do. I think that's the thing that I really learned. So you are an independent qualified beauty expert. You and I met, or I've known about you for a very long time, but you and I met when we worked together and on TV, which is very thrilling uh, to do a sell with Alison Young. Honestly, that that's going to make your nerves rattle beforehand. But you have, uh, you've spent a long time in this industry. And I think one of the things that I didn't fully appreciate until I worked with you on TV is it's a completely different dialogue that you have with the consumer from say someone like me who had a background in magazines. And actually that experience for me was really formative in how I then made my content moving forward because I realized actually there was a massive missing piece in the puzzle in talking to the person who needs to hear the thing that you're trying to share with them. And so I think you have had a direct line to what people really want and what people really want to understand for a long time. Yeah, I mean, going back right to, you know, celebrity facialism and uh, your training therapists and training 4,000 therapists a year and designing treatments or designing products. And, I, and I'm glad that you, that, that you picked that up. That's sort of insightful and, and interesting for me to hear because for me, at the end of the day, it is a communication, you know, a product is a communication between a brand and a customer. Mm. And a customer wants to know that they've spent their money wisely they want to get a result they want to understand a product but they also need to understand techniques and also understand how to choose or when not to buy or how to get through the jargon and a a brand wants to be able to communicate with that customer so that they have a, a satisfied customer and that's the disconnect in the industry that's the trick Um, should we say or the holy grail that's why people and brands use me for consultancy and that's why I think customers trust me for my information because even if I'm in a massive conglomerate meeting I am one customer one product let's just let's just bring this right back down who is this customer what are they going to be happy with what are they looking for and I'll communicate that same thing when I'm talking to a customer or when you know a follower or a viewer or a reader is asking me a question 
Yeah, I totally, totally see that. And I think, like I said, for me, it was a bit of a disconnect and it was real. It was watching you and learning from you that made me see that you've got to always think about, you've got to speak to the person who needs this, who might not necessarily know that they need this thing, but they know that they've got an issue that that particular product will help with. Yeah, because there's so much out there. And I think, you know, with the book, um, the book very much goes for, and I've just been speaking to a, you know, a, a global training director of a brand because the industry is looking at this book for as training tools for brands and training tools for retailers and colleges as well, because the, com- the communication and the understanding in this book is still, you know, the knowledge hasn't changed. The skin structure hasn't changed, Emma, mm. you know, makeup might have some new and trendy names, but a mascara is still a mascara. And you know, there's just a, just a, it's just a lot more confusing out there, which different ones and what different brushes and things like that. And it's really about, I, I try to strike a balance between, yes, having a lot of basic things in it, but also having a lot of my take on the basics, because I just found that more and more and more with social media and with lots of different platforms, which is great, and it's great to have the choice, has become more and more confusion for the person out there wanting a beauty routine or wanting a grooming or you know wanting a solution that was something I really wanted to unpick with you in this episode actually because I think actually a few years ago we uh, the way that beauty products were spoken about and shared became a little bit more democratic because it wasn't just magazine editor voices necessarily or people on television you know advertising selling you something there were people without an agenda who were sharing a a knowledge and an expertise which let's face it is what you were doing all those years but you know it became a big boom on social media and actually there was a period of time where it felt perhaps as though beauty became simplified became easier and then on top of that there's been this whoosh of I don't think it's ever been more complicated oh yeah because that you know that that whoosh is involved massive brand launches and brand launches specifically for trends or brand launches specifically for new stories for new stories sake and just because it's a trend or a new story doesn't mean it's right for you and doesn't mean you need to buy it you know trend on ingredients or changing the ingredient name but it's still the same ingredient it just now has a tribal name or it has its, you know, inky listing name or it has its nickname or, you know, it has its European nickname. It's still the same ingredient. And there's so many of those things that are confusion that have become trends in the industry where it really is just to wanted to take everyone back down to, you know, base but advanced knowledge. My experience of the 35 years. Yes, I'm qualified. So from a beauty and a makeup and a hair and a technique point of view, I actually know what you need and, and what you don't need, technique and money. And also give people the choice, Emma. You know, read the book. And I've been thrilled. You know, people have been saying I'm up to 100, page 160 on day one. I'm up to page 40 and I've got to go to work and I can't put it down, which I'd never heard about with a beauty book before. So they are saying they can hear my voices if I'm talking to them. And it, and it is giving information, whether you're qualified in beauty, you work for a big brand or a international training director right the way down to uh, you know a, a customer in in Scotland or in a small village that can't get to one of the main capitals of the world but they are bamboozled with mail order or you know with internet and with social media and thinking well you know should they have that or are they feeling guilty for not having that or for not buying that you know that's just as much a problem in the industry 
That's what I think is so lovely. You think about the person whose barriers to get to the product that they need. You think about almost the extremes because you think I've got to reach those people. And I think it's, it's this thing that comes from you, which is about inclusivity. So like I want everyone to have access to this. And I think you're very, again, it's not about money that you spend. It really is about finding the right products for you. And I remember you said something the first time you came on the podcast, and it's probably one of the things I've quoted back at other people most, which is along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here, so please correct me if I'm misquoting, but it's basically along the lines of, there are two types fundamentally of beauty consumer. There's the person who likes the ritual, who wants to hydrate and, and nourish and look after the skin that they have in the here and now. And that can be the pleasure, the oils, the sort of deckly all those e long evening routines with many, many steps. And then you have the person who's using the functional active ingredients who wants to turn back time. Do you, is that sort of broadly speaking what you think still? I mean, yes, but, but also lots of different categories there because you know, I will, I will run and the book will run with what, whatever your financial um, constraints are. But also some people just don't believe in spending that much money. They'd rather spend more money on their kids or on their house or on fashion. And they want a simplistic beauty routine. That's their choice. It's not for me or anyone else to say, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing anti-aging. No, be happy in your own skin. And, you know, there is a base routine that I'd like you to have some base products, which are explained in the book of, of what ingredients to look out for, what the base routine is. And then if that's you, then you dip in and out of the book. If you had an eczema flare up or if you had spots or if you had a teenage son or if your skin suddenly went dry in the winter or if you were going to a friend's wedding and you wanted to relook at your makeup and you wanted a bit of inspiration, you could then dip in and out of the book mm. or you could be someone that is you know, in what I call the London or the capital bubble, in the social bubble, they want to know everything and they will still learn from that book because they'll get my take on it from being inside the industry and with customers and clients for 35 years. So, you know, I, I very much didn't want to exclude anyone because my background and my face-to-face -face contact over the years has been around every high street in the UK, has been around labs around the world, has been with brand owners and founders around the world, like you've met so many great people too. Um, but it's it's very much, I will still take it down to, and I get, you know, really quite teary and quite, you know, peeved off if anyone takes the mickey or tries to um, belittle one customer, one product with their hard-earned cash. Because mm. they've saved that up. And I know what it's mean or meant to some people to save that cash up. I don't, I'm not, you know, any, anyone that's got loads of disposable income buys lots of different things. They're happy to have loads of empty products or half empty products or buy the next great thing and whatever. And, and, and they have lots of doctor intervention on their skin, etc. That's not my reader or follower. That's, you know, you're spending thousands. You're spending what most more than people spend on a mortgage a year or their rent a year. Mm. Um, and that, that's someone else's choice. Mine is much more to uh, the, what I call the real person. Actually, that was something that was in the press release for the book. So listeners, when uh, uh, Ali sent me the book, it came with a press release. And actually, one of the things that was really quite near the top, and it, it's not something that I think you and I have ever discussed, but you make a point of saying you don't have any work done because you want to be an appropriate, fair, but testing skin, I guess. So you, there's no other intervention that takes place. It is just about topicals. So your reactions are genuine for your particular skin type and then you can share 
a, a fair, adequate result. And you're not, there's nothing that's kind of warped the, the outcome. Correct. I mean, you know, I, I haven't had any um, form of intervention, injectables, any medical peels, any medical retinols, you know, give me a long list. I think in the book, I'll even say I'll, I'll sign a sworn aphrodites. I haven't done it. I, I haven't done it for lots of different reasons. I think that puts, um, I don't believe in it. Number one, I think it's putting you getting me on my other rant. This is the rant. Do it. I think there's a lot of mental health pressure on a lot of people around the country. And I think it then, they, they look at people that haven't said that they've had work or they follow people that haven't said that they had work. And then they're trying to get that forehead while juggling two kids, you know, a, a job looking after the house, which is also that's three jobs, you know, and if you're, you're just as much as if you're a single sex couple and you're a guy juggling that exactly the, the same, whatever your personal situations are. And it's, un, it's unrealistic or looking at celebrities on a, on a Saturday night with someone on the sofa going, they look great. And you shriveling up on the sofa thinking I could never look like that, They're, you know, because they're having hundreds of thousands of pounds spent on them every year, those people in, you know, work and fashion and styling and makeup and hairdressers and doctors, and they're flying all over the world to the to the right people, but they're not telling you. Mm. Saying in a magazine article, oh, it's yoga. <laughs> or I've had a break. While inside the industry, we look at them and go, right, there isn't a single freckle. She's had a load of fraxel, a load of peel. The eyes are completely changed shape. Her angles have changed shape. She's had a facelift. She's had stringing. She's actually had, you know, she has had the work for six months and she disappeared off the, off the screen. But none of us are allowed to say that. Mm. The press aren't allowed to say that when you're in your journalistic role. You, all you can do is ask the question and they will give you the answer. Oh, juicing. <laughs> or you know, olive oil. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's whatever the latest thing is. And I just, you know, in the book, I talk about that. My, mine is about real beauty for real people, um, for whatever your age is, for whatever gender you identify with, for whatever your economy is, for whatever your personal beliefs are regarding ingredients or regarding routines or regarding whether you're doing it for functional beauty or whether you're doing it because, you know, I very much believe and I hope that with the book uh, it is, you know, anything that makes you feel good makes you feel better and it is about doing it for yourself just like brushing your teeth is doing it for yourself your beauty routine is doing it for yourself ultimately and to make you feel good in your own skin do you think because I definitely have noticed this recently you say in the book about the in the tweakment section you say the, the bar has been set too high and it's unrealistic for exactly the reason you said because there's no transparency or honesty there but I've definitely noticed recently that uh, brands in particular are really supporting choice. And one of the areas that has come up recently is I have been someone, because I was very astute because of hormones as a teenager, I'm all about hair removal, hair removal, hair removal. And yet you see advertising campaigns now where uh, there are models who have unshaven armpits or they have visible leg or arm hair. And my instinct is to think, oh, did they not have time to prep? And it's really challenged me actually to think, no, that's their choice and that's absolutely fine. And to, to sort of take the judgment out of it. And it feels as though you are not judgmental at all about anyone's choice about how they want to look after themselves or groom themselves. Okay, uh, I, I'm glad that you see that. I mean, two things spring to mind. Number one, I will go back to, you know, I'm very happy when journalists and like yourself say, if you've had anything done, I think it's one of the few professions that is honest and that, that you look, I had this, did this for research or this was free 
or I went to the lab, or of course I had the main man do it to me if it's actually any work. And I think the journalists are honest. I think that needs to be followed through to the celebrities and to just you know friends and family saying, you know, you've had this done, you've had that done. It did work, it didn't work. Um, you know, even some of um, Katie Price's uh, later um, actual uh, films and videos where that she's done, where she said she wished she'd never gone down some of that route. You know, I applaud her mm. for saying that because obviously that was a, you know, a massive influence when she had it all done. But now it's come round that at least she's coming out and saying those things, you know, that's, that's great. She's, you know, there's not many celebrities that are coming out and saying those sorts of things or saying it cost an arm and a leg, or I wish I'd never done it, or I wish I'd never started, or it's caused me a lot of concern or personal problems or hardships or things like that as well. Um, but I suppose also, um, Emma, what my, what my heart is, is I'm, a, is I was a qualified therapist. I'm used to closed doors, no clothes. And I'm used to closed doors, no clothes from everyone from people that had saved up to visit me for once, once a year, to people that were royalty and celebrities that would come into my treatment rooms every day for six weeks and fly around in helicopters and things like that. Um, and, and to me, everything, everyone was normal. Whoever walked through that door was just a normal person. They might have been a hyper person. They might have been very stressed out. You know, they might be a, a, a different uh, gender or ethnicity or belief to me, but they were still a person. If they respected me and my um, qualifications and what I could do for them, then that was fine. And I, I think it's sort of the way, I was just having this conversation actually um, yesterday with some of my film crew. I think it's also down to a little bit like the way that you're brought up um, as well. And certainly going back to my parents is, you know, ev everyone is equal. Mm. So even if you take my very what would appear to be normal looking you know white possibly privileged upbringing just because you know being white for example I was still very much aware of um, all different ethnicities I have um, different religions different ethnicities in my family I've got uh, you know, I was brought up in different situations. I've got uh, different people with different sexualities have been friends and family for, you know, lifetimes. So it's all been, no that's all been normal. And I think a lot of people's maybe upbringings that wasn't normal. And that's where sort of things are coming to a, a head in those sorts of conversations. Well, you're right, isn't it? Because you, what social media does is it, is it, allows you to see outside of your bubble and that's why people that's why outrage is so addictive because if you've got a nice little bubble of your friends and family and it sounds like you have pretty have a pretty diverse bunch so you've been uh privy to lots of different cultures and all these different things if you haven't had that and then you go on social media and you see someone you would never come across in your normal everyday life it can be quite challenging in the sense of if you don't know it, your instant reaction can be, as we see on social media, to be negative rather than to be rather to, than to think something positive. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, what what, what I don't understand and what and what I've got through with the book is skin is skin, hair is hair, nails is nails, beauty is beauty, grooming is grooming. There is no gender, there is no barriers. It's it's never had a gender, it's never had a barrier. I've never given it a gender or barrier. A client is a client, a person that wants my advice is someone that wants my advice, is someone that doesn't want my advice, is someone that doesn't want my advice. That's 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 a hundred percent fine. So um where I haven't necessarily addressed that in the book, that's just that's just my belief. 
yeah, that's that's just me because I'm used to dealing with, you know, I respect people because of their, um, you know, their knowledge, their experience, um, their character, their truthfulness, their honesty. You know, right the way through in the book, I'll talk about you don't need to go to a top London celebrity hairstylist to actually get, you know, or feel guilty that you're not paying hundreds of pounds to get your hair done. You can, you know, salt of the earth hairdressers and therapists can be in cabins in the in the back of the garden because they made a lifestyle choice to stay close to home, to stay close to, to the children, to do homework or schoolwork with the children. And I respect that. It doesn't mean that they're any less qualified or that any less at a treatment, you'll probably get a better treatment. It's interesting, isn't it? I've been in that fortunate position as you have been for a long time, where if I do want to go and see a top London stylist, someone will probably be able to arrange an appointment for me. And I feel terribly guilty about it now, especially after um, lockdown. I don't want to go and have a press appointment because, and the truth is, I couldn't afford some of the people who've got my hair. And so I am in that position where I think, actually, if I go and pay for a haircut anywhere, I'm going to going to get a decent haircut a lot of it is about the communication that you have with your stylist and you're absolutely right and it comes back to this idea of paying for it you don't necessarily have to pay premium or go to a celebrity or somebody with a huge profile to get a good service like beauty is as you say beauty yeah you know going right back to I know shops or bookshops or fashion shops you can sometimes get you know an independent service from someone you know, local in your town that you're supporting and the same with beauty. And I mean, going back to even press treatments, I I mean, okay with COVID, I haven't had a press treatment for a year. Before that, I probably only have one press treatment a year, two press treatments a year. I, I will test products at home on my own skin. I will blow dry my hair with that shampoo. I, you know, will use that hair remover. Press treatments, they take half a day. Um, I don't have half, I don't, have half a day to go and have 20 press treatments mm. um you know and, and sometimes you do get invited to all the press treatments so you know i can go years without a single press treatment I'm, i say no to them all it's like I'll, I'll test your product because the most important thing at the end of the day is the product and what will the product do not many people can go to what i call the london bubble press treatment clan you know 250 500 pound appointments very nice to have if you're a member of the inner circle and um, very nice to be able to afford if you a shishi, you know, London or out of town person with a lot of money and you want to do that and that makes you feel good. That's fine, but it's not available to the majority of people. And what I wanted to appeal to is whether you're going to that sort of person, which I think is, uh, you know, 1% of my followers, right the way through to my, my core audience and customer is, you know, shopping in Sainsbury's and Boots and you know, on the internet and in their local shops. And they're just confused, Emma. And they're confused by labels, brands, media, social media. They're just confused. And it was really putting the power back into the customer. And also then the therapist or the brand or the retailer getting this book to use as a communication tool because it, it doesn't link to any particular brand, product or retailer. It's about that communication that we all need to get back to in the industry of just being able to talk to customers honestly. Did you ever think back when you started and I guess began to understand the lay of the land because when I started out, obviously it was a different path, but I didn't actually realize how the beauty industry interconnected, how certain brands were owned by the same people and things like that. But once you've got a sense of the lay of the land, 
Did you ever think there would be what what there are now with these different sort of almost sort of factions of beliefs in beauty, like the clean beauty movement or the active ingredient beauty movement, or there were all these sort of little pockets, very, very, um, who really believe in what they're doing. And there can be sometimes this kind of combative minds better than yours did you ever think that that would happen because I personally and maybe your experience is different I don't remember it being like that many years ago um I think it's all it's, it goes back to almost the same thing um everything's got a new label to it mm. and I think communication and debate in it we were just talking about politics before we started this <laughs> is is important in any situation and knowledge is important communication debate is important I think what it's done is it's um you know when you're looking at the clean movement or when you're looking at there was always a clean movement brands there was always active ingredient brands there was always salon brands there was always brands with less ingredient listing brands with complicated science-led ingredient listings etc there's new words for it and there's new trends for it and it is a constant dialogue and I think it's good because then it also um makes everyone aware or makes companies other companies prick their ears up you know uh, like being uh, very much uh, looking at your ingredient from source to um, face for example and also your packaging and your transportation etc all of that so where the world became fashionable to buy something from abroad or with a Parisian name or an American name now everyone's coming back and wait a minute how many miles are on that things like that so it is all moving um, in different directions with different things. And I think it, it then becomes a balance, uh, which is what I've tried to strike in the book of decide what you want. You know, if you want, because um, I do get a lot of followers then get annoyed when a company's bought. And it's like, yeah, if a company's got to be bought, otherwise it'll go bankrupt. Or there right, comes yeah. a company can't grow anymore. And it's almost, it, it's running. And the only way to fuel that run is more money. And the only way to get more money now is to sell because, Investment. you know, yeah, they need investment, etc. And then the, the customer, you know, in her home buying or his that product is then upset. But it is then well, you either need to keep running with that brand because you're happy with it, or you need to go back to a kitchen table brand uh, where which where that one started five or ten or fifteen or twenty years ago. It's is it more beauty identities, whereas maybe back in the day it was like you had a functional beauty identity, you were a cleanse toner and a moisturizer, or you were a luxury beauty identity, which meant that you probably were veering towards the sort of maybe more premium price and dabbling in anti-aging. And now, as you say, the beauty identity is there's a sustainable beauty identity, there's a clean beauty identity, there's a vegan beauty identity. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely more identities there and there is more choice there and there's more brands there and there's more price points there than they ever used to be I mean you know 20 30 years ago there wasn't the internet or social media brands didn't even have the internet so the only way customers um discovered and, and this is customers that are now maybe in you know just in their 50s and the reason that they're confused is that they used to shop in either a salon a chemist or a department store um or, uh, you know, uh, uh, hotel spas just starting to open then. And they would therefore always have someone to speak to mm. or someone to ask a question or time to pick up a product. And not that you could read an inky listing then because they weren't on them then, but you could actually read information out of them. And then the only other place that they got information was um, magazines. So it wasn't as confusing 
all of the information. Now all the information streams and all the retailing streams, right the way down from your your Facebook advertising, your social medias, et cetera, as, you know, as well. And all of the brands have got their own websites and you've got, you know, TV and you've got all your different retailers and then all the retailers got their websites and you've got the high street, you know, it's, there's so many different places, you know, and you've got um, a party plan coming into your home, et cetera, which, you know, all have their advantage, which I talk about in the book is that all those different retail situations where is your communication point with the brand or the people that you want to shop with that you want to get your product from is I take it back to first of all let's decide what you need and look at your hair skin nails look at what you've got at home at the moment have you already got it can you use it differently could you put a different technique with it could you use that product in a different place and then take you through to okay let's look at your shopping list next and maybe that shopping list is only one or two products don't think it's 10. Mm. You know it's funny when I uh, was on the magazine one of the features that I used to do every week was um, a uh, basically a beautiful picture of a celebrity and then what's in my makeup bag and sort of you know the makeup that might have made that person look the way that they did which obviously involved uh, a very skilled makeup artist and I look back on those things and I think gosh that's so misleading in many ways and how we used to one of the things that used to really work and sell product was if a celebrity used it is mm-hmm. if you found out that a famous person used this particular face cream you would then think well I will buy it and I will look the same as that and I think you've always come from the position of forget about what it does for anyone else let's figure out what it's going to do for you correct uh, do you need it? Mm. Which is where I'll get someone that's in their 20s saying, you know, blah, 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 what do you think about this cream? And I go, well, why are you asking me about that cream? Oh, because so-and-so on social was talking about it. I said, but you realise that so-and-so on social maybe just was a photograph of her unpacking the box and then she's given it as a gift the next day and she's holding something else up the next day. You know, that there comes take all advice with a pinch of salt. Mm. And if I go even back to your um, advertising and and your editorial days, let's just dispel that myth. You know, a celebrity being written about that they use it does not mean that they use it. It means it might have been called in by their um, makeup artist, but the makeup artist never used it on them, but it was called in. Mm. So therefore that can be as good as they use it. And then it gets written about that they use it. In actual fact, they never did. And when you're doing, um, you know, matchups on a, a celebrity, often then you're calling in your advertisers in a magazine and saying, can you match up these colors on, on, on this celebrity? And we'll say that it was yours, which is why no one can ever recreate that look. Um, and, you know, the, the, the tone is different. The texture is different, things like that. So unless, a, you know, a celebrity is quote unquote or in a magazine, actually being interviewed and they or or on their social media physically saying that they use it then you know everyone should take that with a a pinch of salt at home because it's hearsay although I did do an interview once with a celebrity and I said oh what's in your makeup bag I'll do a little thing and they said oh what do I want what do I need so it wasn't what was in their makeup bag it was what they wanted to mention so that they would then have it sent who's sponsoring me who can who can pay me some money or you know what what shall I say so I get a load of freebies Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is helping, you know, the viewer, the follower, the reader, the customer, the client, which is who I represent. That's that's I I don't represent the industry as much, even though I work inside the industry, even when I'm doing 
um, you know, this week I've done uh, two massive uh, global calls with global CEOs of billion, you know, multi-billion pound cosmetic companies is that I tell them what they don't want to hear. I tell them what their staff don't tell them because I tell them on the ground with customers why that product is the wrong price, why it's the wrong ingredient, why it's not hitting the mark, where they missed it. Because my relationship is with customers. That is the most important person in the whole industry. Even when I'm doing CW, we're both doing CW judging, say, for example, at the moment, is that I'm not judging it in that, oh, that's interesting. And they work for so-and-so and that's owned by so-and-so. And, oh, I like them. I'm going to vote for them. It's which of these products do, would, you know, if I put my stamp of approval on it, actually will work for someone at home if they buy it. Mm. It's absolutely true. I was going to ask you actually, when you said that, I think, I mean, I've done nowhere near as much consultancy as you, but the most challenging thing is pointing out what is wrong. And I've definitely felt the room suddenly go very, very cold when I've said, I think maybe this should stop and we should, you should consider doing that. I mean, is that a muscle that you've had to develop or do you actually just not care? If someone doesn't want to take your advice, you just don't care. You say, I know, I know I'm right because I'm speaking to the person who's buying your product. Yeah, um, I, it never gets questioned. I mean, I think because 35 years have been with customers and when, when you get a brand and it's all f- surrounded by people that are employed by them and they're scared for their job and they want to impress their boss and they're saying, oh, yes, that's a great product or, oh, yes, that's brilliant. And, I, and I'll come in and it might be sometimes that I'll actually state potentially the obvious. And everyone around the room is... Uh, not just flabbergasted, but all, you know, even if I do a one hour with them or a half day with them, they're like, that's the best one hour we've ever had in our lives. That's the best half day we've ever had in our lives. You're the first person that's actually been truthful and knows what you're talking about from beginning to end, because I know, understand, respect and love customers. And it doesn't matter how big a brand you are, how small a brand you are, the end user is a customer, a client, a follower, a reader, a viewer. And it's their hard-earned cash and they want results. People work hard for their money. And that was definitely something I learned from you and learned from my QVC experience was people work hard for their money. So be re- like, treat it as though it's your own. Don't, don't let them waste it because you wouldn't want to waste your money. Yeah, exactly. You know, if someone goes and buys a beauty product or buys a mascara because you said it's, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know, I'll never say something's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It'll be, you know, the greatest in its category for this sort of person or eye, or if it's a mascara, if you've got short lashes, this is a great brush, you know, and to use this formula will work better than if you have a, a big brush, which I talk about, you know, even different mascara brushes in the book, different makeup brushes in the book, as well as different skin types, conditions, body types, hair types, everything. So you understand all of that. And even, you know, therapists and salon owners and, and brand owners are reading it, getting a new take on the industry um, because it's, I've tried to, well, I've tried to strike that balance of of being at a level that everyone could understand if it's their first beauty book, because so many people haven't read a beauty book and so many people are confused and so many people are only getting information from social media or people that are selling uh, through to the the professional and the therapist. They're coming out of colleges and I've trained, you know, 4,000 people a year when I was head of training for Clarence, developed, you know, treatments and protocols for all around the world for big brands 
um, retraining long-term prestige and collections, working with the Lauder Group, working, you know, with massive groups, bringing Aveda into this country, all sorts of things. And, you know, I've been on every high street in the country, in this country. I've been on every... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Salon group, every chemist group, every retail group, you know, I've worked for them all. And I've been from, you know, therapists from one owner, one owner salons to 50 or 60 mm. salon, you know, therapists and, and hairdressers that are in there. And so it's, it's, it's a balance of the advanced techniques with the base techniques. And you can't have advanced techniques without understanding the basics. And in colleges now, they're not even for me doing the basics in, in some of them. I was going to ask, I was going to ask you that actually, I think it's quite interesting that with all of these new products and all the innovations and all the technology that's now in products, are we taking our eyes off the fundamental basics, which means that we might then not be choosing the right products? Correct. No one, this is the biggest confusion is the choice of product. Mm -hmm. And um, also a lot of people, uh, I find so much as well, they're searching for the Holy grail rather than when I'm saying, well, actually your eyes not bad. Mm -hmm. They're, they're good. I'm not worried about your eyes. I think they look good. And then if I'm talking to someone and they're like, oh, right, it's just I've got that line there. I went, some people have got four lines there. You've only got one fine line until you pointed at it. I couldn't see it. And I think, you know, that's the, the selfie mm. world, the social media world of the, um, uh, what you call those, uh, filters. Yeah. Um, the TV world of them all being injected, but then everyone judging themselves against the newsreader or the Saturday night presenter that's had a lot of work, but is not admitting to it. I think if everyone just admitted to it, then that, that, uh, that'd be great. And you know, if someone holds up a glycolic product and said, this is the best glycolic for pigmentation, yet they've had laser and chemical peels with the doctor, then no, it isn't because their starting point is nowhere compared to someone I know that's got sun damage walking their dogs in the Lake District on the hills and, you know, getting the bus to work and the sun hitting the top of those cheeks and then, you know, sunbathing two weeks every year because they're hard-earned cash and they're blooming well going to enjoy that sunbathing, you know, and they've had antibiotics and they've been on the contraceptive pill, all of which cause more pigmentation. This is what I love, the literally the forensic the forensic detail with which you think about your customer who's just been on a bus <laughs> walking the dog on a two-week holiday where they've gone for it madly probably with uh, oil on their skin I just love the fact that you think about 
that detail. Emma, I've met them. They are my customers. So when I was doing, you know, training, therapy, treatments, when I was, you know, up and down the country in, a, in, in the car, working for different brands, training the therapists, doing treatments, working in department stores on the floor, you know, on social media now, on TV, people that stop me when I do big beauty events, these, these are customers. And this is what normal life is. And therefore, you know, seeing something that says, oh, this will get rid of brown marks. It's like, mm, no, it won't. That's a 2%. That's a 2%. She's, all, she's had a load of work done. She doesn't have brown marks. So then everyone will buy that. And go, oh, that, that's the one. I'll get that glycolic or I'll get that retinol or I'll get that one. I'll get that one. It's like, whoa, can we just all step back and let me tell you what is achievable. Mm. And if you want to get rid of completely you are looking at going for, you know, tweakments of which Alice Hart Davis and lots of journalists could give great advice. But if you're looking for beauty results, we can lessen it, we can soften it, we can make you feel more confident with it, but we can't necessarily get rid of it. Do you know, um, listeners, I've seen something pretty special. And that is, I have been at a big beauty event with you where there are thousands of people. And Ali was there on the podium uh, presenting and the queue that formed wrapped around, it was Billingsgate Market, wrapped around Billingsgate Market. You were wearing very nice shoes, by the way, very, very nice high heel shoes. At some point, the only time you stopped talking to people was when you put Uggs on. Yeah, that was Uggs. Uggs had been standing for ages. My feet had given up, my voice hadn't. <laughs> you, I remember just you... People waited patiently, but you gave every single person so much time. There was no sense of rush because I was actually quite close to the stage and I had one eye on you and one eye what I was doing. And there was no sense of rushing. There was no sense of any kind of, oh, look, I'm really lucky to be speaking to Alison Young. It was just kind of, you were just two people having a chat and you gave every single person the same care and attention. So I guess I should say that's your insight. Yeah, and that, that goes back to, to clients, you know, one, one customer, one satisfied customer, that's all you, you, that's all I think about, that's all anyone should think about. It might be multiplied by 100, by 1,000, by 2,000, by 20,000, by a million when you become a successful brand or a successful company, but it is one customer. And, and if I go back, it make me teary just going back to uh, those days of those events, obviously, pre-COVID, um, but, you know, there was, I remember, it wasn't that event, another event, a lady called Frances came down with her um, guide dog. She had never, she came down from the Midlands. She had never got on the train on her own. She'd never been to London on her own. She had never been to an event on her own, you know, and she chose to come to my beauty event to meet me, to ask my advice about makeup because she couldn't see her face. That, that's really making me cry. And she had beautiful blue eyes, so... I was describing and telling her, you know, about her beautiful blue eyes and that she had a really clear complexion and how to put makeup on. Um, and I remember what makeup I actually chose for as well, because they're all makeup that you could actually put on with your fingers that you could actually feel where you're putting your makeup, like your cheek color. And then in, uh, one that on the Billingsgate ones, I had people that had flown over from Ireland that were, you know, nurses. Um, this is pre-COVID, you know, and I love the, I always love the NHS and what they do because I'm in and out of it with my horse accidents. And then um, they'd worked the day, traveled through the night, 
had not slept, had not been to a hotel, tears are running down my face now, and was stood there waiting in a queue to talk to me. So yes, of course, I'm going to take them seriously because, you know, that's what a beauty question means to them. Now you've got me really crying. Here's my tissue. And, you know, someone stops me in the street and that's who I wrote the book for Mm. because everyone is confused. Everyone just wants to know how to feel good about themselves. And everyone keeps asking me these questions. I just wanted to give them this information and I didn't want to link it to a product or a brand or a price point. I didn't want to have anything that I was affiliated to or that might be considered favoritism because I've written it for the person that wants to read it so that they can make their decision. It's their decision what they want their beauty regime to be. It's their decision what they want to spend. Do you know what I... I know I'm going to let you dab your cheeks. Um, What I love about the book as well is you know how I feel about you. I have a huge amount of professional respect for you. I like you very much as my pal. But it would be very easy to start your book by listing off all of the amazing things that we've discussed here, 35 years experience, all of the people that you've had, closed doors, no closed environments, the uh, access to the small brands, the big brands, all of these things. And the book starts with, tell me what's great about you. You start with the reader. And as soon as I opened it, I thought that she's absolutely started as she means to go on. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, I think also, um, when even when I came to write it, I mean, I was meant to write it years ago and no, didn't have time, didn't have time, didn't have time. And then it was, you know, with COVID and, and Nancy, my PR and everyone and, and Penguin, like, okay, so you've got, you've got, everything's arranged. You can write it now, you've got time. And it was like, oh God, no, I'm going to have to do it now. It really was a little bit like, it's, I get a little bit like that when I'm writing training manuals or um, designing products or anything for brands. It's almost like it has to get to the 11th hour. And I'm really the same. Yeah. And then it is a burning, burning work through the night that I will churn out weeks and weeks of worth of work in a very short amount of time. Well, the, the, the book then, it's, you know, it's all completely written in my own words. It's completely dictated. I was absolutely thrilled to have Joe Fairley as my ghostwriter. Uh, what a privilege um, to be, for her to volunteer to want to do that. So she was the poshest speed typist on the planet. And, and it, it really was that I dictated for two or three hours every day, you know, my words, my beliefs, um, my insights and then sometimes it was you know with the penguin team they were um, no we, we left that bit out because when I came to proofread it Emma it was like I read it and I'm like no this is missing it why is this missing it I wrote it it's missing it and then like oh my god they've taken out the whole section oh my god they've taken out that chapter oh my god they've taken out that section and then I was on the phone to them going but you've taken this out and they didn't tell me what they'd taken out they just sent it for me for the final proof and I, or the second proof. And I was like, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to have to read this word for word the whole lot again because you've done something to it and it's missed the point. And I know what the point is and the point was there. And so then I had to, and they said, oh, but the you know proofread, you've got to do it by, I don't know, Monday. And I was working all weekend and on nights. And I was like, fine, I'll do it by Monday. And read the whole lot again and it was all across the dining room table and the floor, crit sticks, sellotape, scissors, cutting it all up, going, no, that bit goes there, that bit goes there, you've missed that section out, put that section back in, that's there. And they were all like, well, we're not sure that you need that. You do need it. I'm not doing it. 
if that doesn't go in it, because this will not mean anything to the reader. She will not, or he will not understand it if that bit's not there. Right. It'll just become another blurry beauty book. And I think, again, I say the book starts with tell me what's great about you. And then the second thing you do, which is what we've already sort of alluded to, is you talk about the secrets of the beauty industry. So you, you make it a bit more transparent and you just try to just make it a lot clearer for the person reading it about what, what they're actually getting involved with, what they're yeah. actually getting involved with and, not, and what not to measure themselves against. Yeah, and then you're just giving, you know, my insights into it. You know, if, um, if you take uh, what, what, someone that might read this, they might be, you know, a nurse and they know everything about the medical industry. They don't know everything about the beauty industry but they're very knowledgeable, intelligent people. Mm. Um, you might get someone that works for an insurance company. They know everything about the insurance industry, but they don't know it about the beauty industry. So I've just tried to give them the same level of intelligence that they maybe, you know, if you get a, a, a mum or, you know, a, a principal carer in a family, they know everything about raising children. That's a full-time job and intelligence, but they don't know everything about the beauty industry. So I'm just taking whatever they're, um, level of expertise is and what their skill set is of being investigative, wanting honest products, wanting uh, products that work, uh, you know, understanding business or understanding the way life works and just putting it onto the beauty industry for them and saying, so this is the industry. These are your choices of how to shop. These are your choices of, of what you need. This is what you don't need. This is what you should say no to, you know, th- to give them just more information and more understanding. So at the end of the day, their hard-earned cash is spent, is spent correctly. Or sometimes, Emma, they can then make a choice and go, well, no, actually, I don't need it. That's okay. Good. Go and buy the kids some new shoes. I think one of the things that you tag on to all of your advice is the technique, which I think is so important because let's face it, I've worked with many a makeup artist and I've seen them use a bronzer or a blusher that I have used before and it's looked terrible on me. And then I've watched them use it and it looks sublime. And the difference is in the application. It can be in the brush. It can be in the, the sort of pressure that you use. It can be in the, the whether you use a straight stroke or you use a round, all of these things. And you really do tag on the importance of technique, which is so important to get the best out of the products that you do choose. And, that, and the, the technique is maybe easy to understand on makeup. And, I, and I, I touch on makeup and makeup techniques and changing techniques at different ages and stages of life, but also techniques in skincare, mm. techniques in hair care, techniques in product application, techniques in product storage usage, everything. So there's, there's a whole family of technique associated with every part of your body or part of your routine. So you have all these people that you've spoken to that we've, we've talked about. I've seen people queuing for hours to get some time with you to ask a beauty question. I know that I have a question. I have various questions that since I started in my career have come up time and time again. What are the ones that are the fundamentals that you probably hear the most? Um, fundamentals are definitely through illness. Um, it'll be, it'll, it will normally start off. I've got dry skin or I've got breakouts and I will always then, um, you know, dry skin or breakouts or my hair's changed, it'll be a change. You know, someone doesn't come to me with advice of saying, my hair, my skin, my makeup, my body, my everything, my life is fabulous. What do you recommend? You know, they, they go through life getting loads of things sent for them for free and everything looking fabulous on them, darling. Um, that's not my client. My client has real 
life situations. So she's got, you know, polycystic ovaries, she's on and off the pill, you know, they've had a bereavement, they suffer from um, depression, they've had an operation, uh, they've hit a midlife crisis, they've had, you know, a job or work situation change. They, you know, all they've hit the menopause if they're female, they've got shaving problems, they're worried about aging, they're worried about stress, they're, they're getting stressed at work because they think they're going to get knocked out because of a younger person. Now, these are all things that affect their beauty regime and their beauty confidence and their confidence in themselves that then actually ultimately bring them to me to ask a question about dry skin. And, you know, dry skin is not just a moisturizer for dry skin. I try to explain in the book, dry skin, it could be exfoliation. It could be that you're not putting it on enough. It could be you're using the wrong technique. It could be that you need to take more supplements for it with oil supplements. It could be that you need to look at your diet. You know, it, it, it could be that you're doing a technique that's drying your skin out and you didn't know. You know, that's the answer. And I will always, and it goes back to, to the treatment room and, and being with customers and being with clients and that, that experience. And I think that experience is being lost now. The world of social and the world of, you know, Zooms, et cetera, is you have to have a skill to communicate with the customer and that skill can't be learned virtually. Because mm. uh, I know I'm working with some brands that now that do, you know, virtual um, events, et cetera, for customers. And then it's trying to explain or train staff how to communicate with someone, even though they're virtual, but you've still got to read be- between the questions. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? It's seeing between the lines and getting, they're not, and I guess there's a lot of counseling, not counseling, people aren't necessarily coming to you for counseling advice. They want to feel better about their skin, but you hear them, you hear the bigger problem or you hear the bigger issue. Or or I just know the next question to ask. And, you know, you say counseling, you know, beauty therapy, I promise you, beauty therapy therapist is, you know, what goes on behind those closed doors and what people tell us and what they want to talk about, what they want to, you know, offload sometimes, or the fact that they just want silence for an hour, you know, that, that is all part of the treatment. And that is part of your treatment at home, you know, as well, you can make your shower, you can make your bath, you can make your beauty space, which is what I talk about in the book as well is, you know, own your beauty regime, understand it, don't spend silly money on it, get the best results out of it, and then make it work for you don't feel a slave to it and don't waste your money where you don't need to waste your money you know I can get you results that you want and you'll be happy with and I can make you happy in your own skin hair nails and makeup I think when you came on feel good habits the way you described uh, the shower and about how that really grounds you of trying or, or using lots of products and really enjoying the texture taking note of how it feels the lather the smells the perfumes that I think, again, really speaks to how you approach it and how you, the experience that you want other people to have. It's not just about a result, it's about the process and how that makes you feel. Yeah, and it's not necessarily just about, you know, spending any more money. You know, the book does not dictate what to buy or what to spend. You dictate that, the, the, the reader dictates that. I just give you the knowledge and the power to say no just as much as to say yes, and then to to know what to buy and then to know how to use it because you are buying it for a specific result and I can help you get that result. I do you know what I've noticed on social media specifically, and I don't know if you've seen this too. So you are someone who's got all of this expertise and you can funnel it down based on the question and are asking the next question that you 
probably know is the right one to ask. You can say to somebody, this is probably the direction you need to go in. But what I've definitely noticed on social media, particularly in forums is, does anyone have any advice for acne? And then just a product name with no yeah. context. I saw you roll your eyes, so I guess that you have seen it. Yeah, and you know, also that's where sort of, you know, I cover acne and teenage spots and things like that in the book, but I try, I cover, the answer, you know, I, uh, there's, there's eczema and psoriasis things in there, but I cover the answer. Uh, and the answer is not, oh, you should use this or you should use that. And often, it, and that's where people get confused. And, and then they come to me with the most confused, inflamed, enraged skin, totally depressed with a very thick amount of makeup on, um, worry, you know, panicking about a meeting or a job interview, um, you know, feeling terrible about themselves because they've tried too many products and done too many things. And so-and-so said this acid and so-and-so said retinol and so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that. And actually the base problem is you didn't understand about your pH. You didn't understand about which one it was. They were just giving you the wrong advice or the wrong product or often a product that worked for them or that they believe in mm. or that they're being sponsored for, not a product that's right for you. So I wanted to, to give the, you know, there's the physiological, physiological needs of the skin or the hair or the nails of then you make your choice of where you are on that Richter scale, whether you need more active ingredients or less active ingredients. Maybe you've already got them at home. Maybe you need a better technique to understand how to get a result. And if you're looking at acne, you know, what are the things that block you from getting a result? You know, even when you start a product or a certain ingredient product line, they can all have side effects. So you've got to be prepared to either live through the side effect, which I don't personally or professionally agree with. I can find you a route that has no live through that actually can just get better, 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 gently, slowly. But I can get you to that end route of feeling more confident in your skin. So is there a product that you can use and just have an instant? That's it. It's going to cure your problems. Makeup. Makeup's great from that point of view and, all, and, and, and makeup's suitable for everyone. When it's looking at skin, you can do instant hydration, you know, so you can instantly make a difference on hydration or instantly make a difference on a wrinkle if it's got subsidiaries on it because it's got dehydration wrinkles. Think of the, you know, Delta River going out into the ocean, you know, with lots of those little streams, et cetera. And if you flood it all, it's just one level piece of water. So you can flood the skin, you can get an instant hydration effect. Makeup can give you an instant effect. Hair products, split end, volume, you can pretty much get an instant effect. But then sometimes some of the instant effect products, you've got to bear in mind, can have a negative effect as well because you're just doing an instant fix. And then your hair, for example, might feel a bit rough for a few days if you try to put volume in it. But if you then use the right ingredients and have volume in shampoos and conditioners and serums and treatments, then actually your hair every day can feel fuller and thicker and no one will think you've got thin hair. You know, uh, and there's lots of other solutions there that then over time you can do. So it's, you know, I very much believe that everyone is, everyone is the same, same as, same as, you know, personality or how we started this conversation, Emma, you're bringing me around. You always have a fascinating conversation with me. Um, everyone is normal and everyone is different. Mm. Everyone has the ability to be their normal. I can bring you back to your normal. No one need know on the outside that you have got a skin, a hair, a nail, or a makeup or a body problem. Because from the outside, I can teach you how to manage it. And I can teach you how to um, 
make all of your parts of your largest organ of the body act normally and bring it back to normal. It might mean that your routine is very different to my routine, to your routine, Emma, to your sister's routine, to your partners, your sons, the person at work, the social influencer, the journalist. Your routine is you. It has to be about you, but you can be in control. So when are you going to write another book? Oh, my God, Emma. Do you want to be a ghostwriter as well? <laughs> Maybe, I'll, I'll come around and drink tea with you while you muse, muse over it. Yeah, how, how do you how do you want to, what's your speed typing skills like? Um, d- there is not one in the plan. <laughs> I think it, it was Joe's words that were, no, you know, shut it, Alison, that's for the next book. And I'm like, but this, this, this <laughs> no, Alison, we can only put X amount and Penguin is screaming on the word count. It was meant to be half this size. It's already gone up. And everyone's agreed, though, it's got knowledge in it that they didn't want to miss out. So now they've doubled the word count, double the page, blah, blah, all of these things I didn't and still don't understand and don't want to understand, quite frankly, Emma. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, being with customers, worrying about customers and clients. And, and yeah, someone like a, a book company like Penguin can then work out and, and other people far greater than me, like Joe, about word counts and things. Given the amount of conversations you've had over the years and given the amount you've spoken about beauty products, did you ever, did it ever feel as though it could actually be captured in a book? Did it think it could be funneled down? Because as you've described, it's so nuanced. There are so many people that you've got to speak to and sort of uh, achieving this universal advice that will get everybody starting at the right point for them. Even me saying it out loud, I'm thinking, well, how on earth do you do that? Yeah, um, it's a good question. That's a very good question, Emma. My whole career has not been mapped out. Mm. My whole career is I just put my head down and do the best job possible for that person, brand, company, college, founder, and never forget where I come from and never forget that customer. Um, so I never did a, oh, and then I'll write a book and then I'll do this and then I'll do that. Um, it, it, you know, it came about as an opportunity. And then I, I suppose then I, I didn't even, um, I, knew what, I knew what I wanted to put in the book and I knew the sections of the book, but then it really was my brain emptying onto pages. It wasn't in any shape or form strategic. Mm. It's just what I know customers need to know and what I have constantly being asked um, and what I know they're constantly confused about and what I know that they are constantly sometimes being missold. And they're searching for the Holy Grail when in actual fact, they just need someone, like you say at the beginning of the book, tell me some good things about yourself. So before we start, this book is not about putting yourself down. Mm. This book is about... If you are happy in your own skin, read this book to be happy in your own skin, and I salute you. And if you want to have split ends in your hair, wrinkles, but you please wear sunscreen <laughs> and you hold your head up high and you're an honest and good person, then you are beautiful. But if you want to ask me any beauty questions or you want to understand about using products or getting some results, if you would like to get some results, then that book is going to tell you the answer to those questions so I suppose it's like even over the years when I've written training manuals for brands they're not strategic I just pour out my head onto onto paper or computers or whatever or speed typists and this book was just pouring out my knowledge onto 
the book and, and it wasn't until it was written as well and, and then I see those reviews and I realize just how you know it wasn't strategically written for colleges to use it it wasn't strategically listened for customers to use it it wasn't strategically listened written for um brands to use it or retailers to use it for training of their staff but it, that's all coming in and I think that's because I, I had this um I had this battle. I didn't really have this battle. I had this conversation with myself because a lot of the beauty books that came out last year or in the last year or so have actually had affiliate links to different brands and, and uh, products. So I was then like, should I be listing products here? People always want to know products. What should I be listing products? And it's like, no, 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 because then it's price points. Then it's dictating a price point. Then it's just dictating a retailer. And then other books came out and they had listed products, but they only had listed maybe four or five brands in the whole book. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know why that's happened. And, and then I'm like, should I be doing that? Should I not be doing that? And I was like, no, this stick to your guns, Alison. Stick to your gut feeling. This is about the customer. Do what's right for the customer. The customer's looked after you for 35 years. Just keep looking after the customer. The customer then can shop and spend whatever they want, where they want. Do you know, and listeners, one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording, Alison said, I said, oh, how's the book doing? And normally when you ask somebody that, when they've just had their book uh, published, uh, the, the response is about numbers. Or so, and the first thing she said was, well, the customers are happy, so I'm happy. The readers are happy, so I'm happy. And I wrote that down because I thought that's so typical. Yeah, well, the, and the reviews, you know, that are coming in, that's, it's making, you know, you've made, oh God, you make me cry again when you look at that. I can't look at those reviews if I'm feeling teary. Um, you know, it's making a difference. Yeah. It's helping them understand they they can't put it down. They're going to spend their money more wisely. They're going to get better results of the products that they've already got, you know, and, and across social media and everything they're then telling me or in the reviews or I'm, you know, I, I'm off to clean what, what I would consider some of the most basic information. And they're like, Oh my God, that's revolutionary. I've never done it. I'm off to do it now. Yeah. And they're sending me messages saying this and, it, and it's just, I suppose then, over the constant years, there's some things in there that you will understand and know, but there's a lot of things in there that because of my take on it, or it's just like having me on your shoulder. <laughs> and if you don't yeah. like me, it because I'll be on your shoulder of just, oh, do this, or why don't you try that? Or why don't you do this? Or have you thought about that? With that and it doesn't mean spending more money. It doesn't mean buying more products. It just means um, having more knowledge for yourself to... And, you know, understand just going and cleaning all your makeup brushes can make your makeup look better. You don't need to buy better makeup. Your makeup might be looking a bit muddy and a bit dull because your makeup brushes need a, a clean. You know, there's, there's so many obvious, obvious things in there that people just need to get back to rather than constantly searching from the shopaholic holy grail of the new thing, the new thing, the new thing. Well, one of the things you also do, and I know that you always have your customer, your reader, your viewer, your listener in mind. I know that about you. But one of the things you also do, which I think is really vitally important, is you raise the game on this side of things. And I will say that as my own personal experience. Like when I did TV with you, I suddenly saw I need I need to be better because I could tell when you knew I was fluffing it and was BSing. Oh, no, and I, I didn't. I did the glare, do I? Some of them say, yeah, you gave me that look. And the look is like, yeah, get your act together because I'm about to take over because you're talking an absolute load of nonsense. <laughs> but, but, in a, but in a way that genuinely it would make me go away and think, I, you, it's irresponsible to try and do it. It's, it's irresponsible not to know it. 
it's irresponsible yeah. to try and sort of fluff your way through and yeah. sort of say what sounds good so I I think you're one of the I think obviously you've been around for a, a long time you've been on tv you've got your social media but now you've got your book I do think it's really important that your knowledge is shared because like I say I know you have the customer in mind but I think you raise the game I think you raise the way that we speak about beauty and I think that's really important and as somebody who was in a really privileged position to write about it for a long time it wasn't until I sort of came face to face with you on air when I was like yeah you need to do a lot better oh thank you yeah well also I mean all the my free tutorials that I was doing on you know my websites that you know they've had over half a million hits on those on free tutorials it's just and uh, you know and that's got a lot of information in and I suppose it when you were talking about that it just you know it brought um to thought maybe you know that experience yes I've talked about the therapy experience but also on counter up and down the country training staff you know when you've got that one person that's rushing or jumped in from a lunch break or you know could be from a yummy nummy to jumped in from a lunch break to come from a hospital appointment to come on an evening shift after they've been working you know, you have every person in every walk of life come up to a counter and their burning beauty question is a real life situation. And then what happens is that in the media, and because I come from that background of the dealing with customers on counter, dealing with customers in therapy and treatment rooms, dealing with customers with makeup and so-and-so, then come forward and the world now is, is through a screen then it's about, there's a lot of people that don't have that experience with customer and, and everyone needs to go, get back to, it's all about the customer. Mm. That, that's, all, that's all it is. You know, and I'll often when I'm doing consultancy in organizations, you know, I'll say, you know, who's the most important person? And they'll start to say, oh, the CEO or the founder. And I'll go, no, no, it's the customer. And they're like, what do you mean? The customer. The customer is paying your wage right now. Yeah. This second. And they're like, oh, and they've never met a customer and they don't know how to talk to one. And you put some people into a room and they stand back, yet they're meant to be marketing experts or analysts within the beauty industry. And it's like, no, you know what? This is this is customers are not statistics. Customers are not, you know, forecasts of pie charts of new trends. Customers are real people that are the most important person in all of our careers and in the whole of the beauty industry, the customer is the most important person. I mean, know you say it time and time again, and I, it's so it's so authentic. And I know that that's who you've written this book for. And listeners, if you haven't already during this, this conversation uh, bought the book, then well, the links will be in the show notes because it really is wonderful. And it says the subtitle, and I always think book subtitles are interesting, Effortless Skincare and Beauty Advice That Works, which I think is so lovely. The fact that it's not gonna cost you a fortune. It's not gonna mean that you're gonna have to suddenly become an expert in technique or anything. It's just the good, honest skincare that's gonna work for you and makeup, obviously. oh thank you Emma um thanks for joining me listeners the links to the book will be in the show notes as will the links to Alison and her free tutorials and her social media and everything else but thanks for coming back it's always a joy oh Emma it is and you're always so insightful I love you and you always I think every podcast you've made me cry sorry about it (laughs) um I won't make you cry again I promise (laughs) try again next time
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ali and I. If you would like to get in touch with me, then please don't hesitate. Email me at the beauty pop podcast 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 at gmail.com or you can dm me on instagram and twitter where i'm at emma guns and if you would like to chat to me and thousands of your fellow podcast listeners then simply click the link to join the facebook forum the the link to join is in the show notes which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode you have to answer a couple of questions agree to the forum rules but then i will welcome you in with open arms and i cannot wait to see you there thank you so much for listening i will see you on the next one